Kitavach. You know, the, the great tzaddik, the Rebbe Maharash of Lubavitch, the Rebbe Shmuel of Lubavitch. So they say the following story that he was once sitting in his office and he called in the Gabai, his, uh, his helper, his assistant, and so his secretary. So he calls in the Gabai and he says that he wants to speak to two particular Yidin, two particular Jews of the community. And these were two of the more wealthy Jews of the of the city. And so the Gavi, the secretary, goes and he makes this meeting with these two particular Yidin. They come into the office of the Rebbe Maharaj. And the Rebbe says to them, he says, I need your help with something. So for sure, Rebbe, whatever you need. He says, I need to make a trip to Paris. You need to go to Paris. This is a very strange thing for a Rebbe to request to go to Paris. So the two Chassidim are looking with like a funny look. And the Rebbe obviously picks up on the fact that they're curious why. I have to go to Paris. doesn't explain. Okay, fine. But he says, I need your help to make the arrangements. So he says, no problem at all. We'll make the arrangements. We'll, we'll, we'll fund the trip. It's not a problem. And he says, and I want you, to, you two to come with me. Okay, fine. So we'll go on a trip to Paris. Fine. They travel to Paris. Now, meanwhile, these two chassidim, they said over later on that during the entire traveling towards Paris, they saw by the Rebbe Maharaj, they saw something that the Rebbe was in a place of Dvekas. He was attached to. Was, there was an intensity to the Rebbe that they would only see on very rare occasions. And so they traveled to Paris. When they eventually get to Paris, so the Rebbe Marash tells these two chassidim that uh, we're going to stay for, you know, I'm not sure how long it'll be, but we're going to stay in Paris for a little bit, and we need to go to a hotel. So they say, okay, for sure, we'll go to a hotel. He says, no, the Rebbe says, no, listen, we have to go to the nicest hotel of Paris, the nicest, most expensive hotel in all Paris. Okay, so see them, they, they turn to the Rebbe, you know, Paris has nice and expensive hotels. But, uh, okay, that's the Rebbe request, that's the Rebbe request. So they go to the, they go to Paris, they go to the nicest hotel in Paris. And the Rebbe Maharash says that as we're about to approach the front desk, he turns to the Chassidim and says, you know, you two probably don't speak the language so much, you don't know much about maybe the culture of Paris, so I'll do the talking, Okay. So they get up there, and the Rebbe Marash begins to speak in French. And uh, unbeknownst to the Chassidim, they didn't realize that the Rebbe knew how to speak French, but the Rebbe speaks in French. And the Rebbe turns to the person behind the desk and says, "We, me, my, my friends over here, we want to rent uh, a room for the night. And we might be staying a few nights, we're not sure, but at least to start with tonight. So they say, for sure. So the person behind the desk sees this uh, Eastern European uh, rabbi, First, we'll take in the back that he's even there. And, and she begins to say, you know, it's an expensive hotel. Are you sure you want to rent here? And the Rebbe says, not only do I want to rent here, I want the most expensive room. The most expensive room. <laughs> the two chassidim that are funding this trip are like turning red a little bit. The most expensive room the most, in the most expensive hotel in Paris. We're not, not even sure how long we're going to be here for. It could be for a long time. So fine. She's, the person behind the desk is fine. If that's what you want, most expensive room, fine. And so... You know, he rents the room. And uh, so fine, shine. As they're about to take their bags and go to the room, so the Rebbe asks the person behind the desk, is there a casino in the hotel? So the person says, yeah, there's a casino. The Rebbe says, okay, amazing. Where is the casino? So she says, happens to be on the same floor as where your room is. Gavaldic, unbelievable. like, what's going on over here? The most expensive room. In the most expensive hotel in Paris, the Rebbe is interested where the casino is. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, they don't ask any questions. The Rebbe goes to the room, they follow him and so on, and they get to the room. 
And the Rebbe turns to the Chassidim and says, I need, I need some time. So Rebbe sits down. He's mamish in a place of Vegas, mamish in whatever universe, not, not down here. He's somewhere else. After a certain amount of time being in that state of attachment, that state of transcendence, he turns to the Chassidim and he says, we have to go to the casino. Okay, fine. The Rebbe wants to go to the casino. They, they try to talk him out of it. It might not be the nicest place for a Rebbe to be in. Go to the casino. So fine. They, they walk uh, down the hallway towards the casino. They go into that area. And the Rebbe is like scanning the room. And the Rebbe's eyes land on a particular young man. There's a young man standing and sitting. He's playing by one of the games, one of the card games over there. And he's sipping a cup of wine. And so the Rebbe Marash walks over, absolutely focused on this person. He walks over to that, to that young man, taps him on the shoulder. The person turns around, sees Chassidish Rebbe over there, uh, shaken, you know, taken aback by it. And the, uh, the Rebbe turns to me and says, Ya'inesach, you you're drinking non-kosher wine. You can't drink non-kosher wine. So the person's taken aback. Clearly he was Jewish. And clearly he knew what it meant, Ya'inesach. And so the Rebbe says to him, maybe it's time to be a Yid. And with that, he walks away. When the Rebbe walked away, he goes back to his room. Chassidim said later on that when the Rebbe came back to the room, the level of simcha and attachment that he felt on his, that we, you saw on his face was something they never saw, even like on Yom Kippur. So the Rebbe's sitting there, and he's just besimcha in a place, mamish, otherworldly, otherworldly place for a certain amount of time. Until finally there's a knock on the door. It's a knock on the door. They open the door. It's that young man. And his eyes are red. And he says, I'd like to speak to the Rav, to the Rebbe. So, so he turned to the Rav. The Rebbe says, let him come in. So he comes in. And the Rebbe turns to the Chassid and he says, you know, give us some time. So they leave the room. And they're in the room for mamish, a few hours. After a few hours, the young man opens the door. And he's mamish, like you could tell that he's been crying. And he leaves the room. And the Rebbe turns to the Chassid and he says, okay, now we can go. We can go back home. Okay, fine. So it wasn't even a whole night. So fine. They go back. They, they, they you know, pack up their luggage and so on. And they begin to make their trip all the way back to, uh, to Lubavitch. So by the time they, they, they're, they're on the road back, so the Chassidim, our mom, is curious, like, what in the world was this whole Avaida? So the Rebbe Marash explained to me, he said, listen, that Yid, that Yid has a Neshama. That Neshama has been lost for a long time. A long time, centuries, mamish a long time. And I'm always looking, like, where's the opening? You know, there's, there's a certain mazel, there's a certain time where there's an opening to a neshama to bring it back home. And I saw that that was a moment of opportunity to open, for that neshama to be opened up. And at that moment, I grabbed, I seized the opportunity. And with that, he's going to do tshuva. And, he's, you know, him and his children, his grandchildren, they'll see nachas and yiddish and chassidish and nachas, arbiyaz gotzavik. And Kachava, that person ended up turning his life around, and he became a, a you know, an upstanding Jewish uh, Jewish man, and had families and generations, happily ever after. You see such a Misa, you hear such a story. Person has to be able to 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 realize that you know, even if you don't have the eyes of the Reb Marash to see an opening in someone else's neshama, but sometimes we feel it ourselves. You know, there's a moment of inspiration, there's a moment of opening, a a moment of sensitivity, a moment of 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 maturity, of spiritual maturity. Don't let those moments pass. Seize the opportunity. Do something practical. Do a mitzvah. Concretize that moment. Because you don't know that little opening, once it's harnessed and once it's, even if it's something like the Marash said, like don't drink non-kosher wine. 
that sentence, if it was because it was said, and the person put down the cup of wine that wasn't kosher at the right time, from there, all the all the wellsprings of Yiddishkeit were able to overflow in that person's life. We seize the opportunities. We do mitzvahs at the right time, the right way. Because Hashem will be able to see much of Tzlach in all things. Hashem should bless us with a week of Nachas and Simcha and Bracha and Yeshuas and Nechamas and Gulas. Ad Blidai. Vizkal Tzadik. Amen.